it's interesting that people are um, that it's so way out of our minds that in the past it was normal. It was just a normal part of our industry. It's an amazing plant. It can grow everywhere. Hi babes, Lady Silverstone here and welcome to my podcast where we're trying to demystify cannabis one conversation at a time. In this episode we're wondering if cannabis can save us from our wasteful habits, the implication of using hemp as a textile and the indifference towards sustainability with our guest today. She's a passionate dressmaker for her own brand, Anwama. She uses hemp fabric and she tailor makes every single piece to keep it unique. And her clothes can also be found on the online shop Immaculate Vegan, who focus on ethical and sustainable fashion. Let's welcome Anna Maria. I hope you enjoy it. Hey! Hi! How are you? I'm fine. Fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's the museum? Oh, really great. Yeah, it was the first time we went to the museum since the corona, so I really, really miss that. going to a museum, get some inspiration and get everything like behind the daily routine. So it was really, really nice. Yeah, cool. Which museum was it? It was the Hamburger Bahnhof. It's for um, uh, like new art, like temporary art. And everything was full, like the ground and the wall, everything was full of colors. It's awesome to see that. Cool. Well, thank you so much for guesting my podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and being interested in my work. So tell us who you are and, and what you do. I started sewing when I was a teenager, like 13 or 14. And since then it came like my passion. I I'm so in love with that, working with my hands and uh, design clothes. And I was always working with like old fabrics. Um, so yeah, I did for that for a really long time. Then and then I decided first I wanted to study fashion design, and then I thought um, it's nicer to really know how to sew properly. So that's um, then why I went to Berlin. So I grew up in Bavaria. Is it far away from Berlin? Yeah, it's like five, six hours. So yeah, it's it's not that close, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm still here, uh, 11 years now. I'm living, living in Berlin. Yeah, I started here and uh, I always forget the English word apprenticeship. To get a dressmaker, is it apprenticeship? Like when you learn properly how to, um, it's something more German. I think not every country have this kind of education. So you learn three years in in a small, or not always small, but mine was small studio. And I really learned how to sew properly. Okay, so it's not an internship, you mean? No, no. I, I'm getting a bit paid for that. And also I have to go to school and learn all the theoretic things, parts about it. And um, yeah, I did nearly everything there from uh, really fashion 
close to uh, laundry and uh, yeah, for a lot of Berlin designers. So it was really nice to um, yeah learn all that and get to know the fashion fashion world kind of. <laughs> yeah, do you also get to know like how to like like haute couture and stuff? Um, no, just a kind of. That's uh, something uh, more different. That's really the craftsmanship. But I think there are only a f really a few possibilities to learn that in the world, I think. I think there's one school in France or something where you can learn that. But mine was a, a bit more in industrial. So also with the machines and um, yeah. After that, I studied fashion design then here in Berlin because I thought, um, yeah, I was kind of ahead in, in the feeling that I'm, I know now everything how to do it. But then I had always in my mind when I was thinking about a dress or something else, uh, is it possible to do that? So because I, I was always in my head thinking forward then uh, how to do the pattern, how to how to do it, is it possible or not? And then I wanted to um, get my my mind and my head more free again to be more creative and not always think about the, the first thing. Okay, how to do that? So the first thing, oh yeah, that's nice. And then the second, maybe it's not that perfect suit then but it's not uh, uh it doesn't matter so yeah that's why i wanted to uh, study fashion design then also here in berlin i uh, was really surprised how less sustainability is taught uh, in the uh, university because for me it was since the beginning i was really aware of all the dramatical sides from the fashion industry Uh, it was totally nothing I wanted to be in. And also it was nice for me to, to get to know the fashion world. It was also something I was feeling like really, so, oh no, I don't want to be part of that. Um, it's not, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling that. And so I was a bit, um, yeah, upset and surprised that, There were also just a few um, uh, teacher, professor interested in that topic. And so it was a good time, but still, I think it need to be more included. So you did this course, you did, was it 11 years ago? No, 11 years ago, I started the, the sewing, um, the dressmaker thing for three years. And then I I started to study five years ago, I think. Okay, I thought that that was the reason why they maybe didn't, you know. Ah, shit, okay, that's bad. Have you contact with them? Like, do you know if they do it now, maybe? I think there are a few courses now, but also the other students, they were not that interested in that. I was totally surprised. There were a few, and uh, they were also just working with... Um, natural fabrics or with um, sustainable fabrics. Um, but yeah, I think it needs to be more. Yeah, that should be like a basic, isn't it? So I hope that will change. Maybe it, it does already. But I, as I said, there were a few and uh, it was nice to work with them together. And also a few teacher, professor 
uh, into the topic and was nice with them. Also, uh, I went then for one year to Cambodia um, during my uh, studies. I was working for an NGO there and we were building up an upcycling brand. And I was uh, yeah, teaching there, um, yeah, suing and uh, did the design for the, for the products. And there I, I got a bit confused because we are the industrial, uh, industry countries also produce in Cambodia. And I saw the woman on the truck um, transporting to the factories uh, in the morning, transporting back. And I also knew how much they earn. Oh, yeah. It must have been really hard to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's so far away for us here. So it's difficult to get in connection to that. And for for me, it was difficult then that it is my my passion. I love that. <laughs> I love um, sewing and I love designing and working with with fabric. And then this is the other side of of that. So um, yeah, it was difficult for me to find my way. And still, it is as I never wanted to work for as a designer or some brand. And also, I, I had it here. I was working as a dressmaker for a lot of brands here. And also in Germany, when you're a tailor or a dressmaker, you're kind of, um, yeah, you're not appreciating, like the people are not appreciating you as they should do. Okay. In what way do you feel? Um, like how much they pay, for example. But I also can understand because the when, uh, when you buy something, you you don't get a feeling that someone is suing that and someone is living from from that. It's 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 the job. How how can you when a t-shirt is uh, you're buying a t-shirt for fifteen years? So you're you're not getting a connection to that. But uh, still, I decided for myself then I would like to. Um, start my own brand more yeah i don't want to say for myself but i can't change everything <laughs> and uh, also it's yeah as i said it's something i really love and um so i did my i started with hemp in my bachelor so I, um, yeah, I was studying a lot about uh, the traditional hem fabric because I thought cotton is not growing in Europe. So what, what were the fabrics we used? And so, yeah, for hemp came up for me then. And um, yeah, and the one I have now, um, the um, plant is um, growing in Germany, part of, part of the plants they're using, and the other ones in Romania or also from, from other parts of Europe. So it's re really something, yeah, grown in Europe. That is awesome. I don't think a lot of people think of that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's just we used to, to buy cotton or, um, yeah. 
yeah and not even really thinking of where that grows uh we always think of like where it's made right so we're thinking let's say it's made in in china or made in uh, thailand or whatever you know but we never really think of yeah so where did the cotton come from is there other parts of the world where uh hemp grows so much where they like use hemp textile let's say more than cotton or not more than cotton yeah no no okay no but before maybe yeah before yes yeah like long time ago (laughs) before yes so and um yeah like in in europe a lot of clothes were out of uh, hemp fabrics how far can we date it back sorry how far can we date it back do you remember ah no not really because the problem with the hemp was then when it came forbidden like the the uh, grow hemp and that was the time where nearly everything stopped with hemp the whole hemp industry just stopped but before that it was i think 1929 or something i don't really remember remember when when uh, yeah i had some i'm not good with dates <laughs> so i can't really remember when uh, when that was but before that also like a lot of um for sailing and the ropes uh, were out of hemp it started to go back with the hemp fabrics because it is Nah, I don't want to make it bad now. <laughs> it doesn't feel like cotton or silk. It feels a bit more like, like linen, even more a little bit, um, not harder. It, it's getting softer, but it's nothing. Um, yeah, it's also, I think, nothing we are so used to now. And I think in the past when all the um colonialism started so i think then it's it stopped the hemp kind of um but i'm not quite sure about that so uh, that's what i think because there was i couldn't find anything um like the last pieces made in Germany out of hemp or something. So I don't really, really know about that. So hemp textile is then made from like the fibers inside the stem of uh, cannabis, right? Yeah. Or the hemp yeah. plant. And it's also difficult to um, to get it into a fiber. There are a lot of mechanical processes needed that uh, it's getting soft. And so that's also something... I think hemp will never be a big part in the textile industry because it's so much work. Yeah, that you're getting the fiber and the fabric. So I think it will always be a niche. Yeah, that's too bad though. Yeah, I think so too. I think if, but I think if there weren't the um, law to for forbid that, I think we were further because in China. They are really far now with the hemp. In the way they produce it or... Mm, yeah, yeah. It's so much softer and thinner than the European hemp because they had a lot of time. It was never forbidden there and they had a lot of time 
to um, to study, to try out. And so, yeah, hemp fabrics from, from China are really nice. But I wanted to have the European one. It's going to come here as well. If they already figured it out, of course, that's going to come here uh, sooner or later. Yeah, I think so, too. Sorry for interrupting. I hope you enjoy listening so far. Please check out my account Lady Silverstone at patreon.com so I can continue creating cannabis content for you. You remember when it came out? If it was last year when Levi's did their jeans yeah. in I don't know if it was 50% hemp and 50% cotton maybe. The first one was totally out of hemp. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first, first. Ah, okay, first, first, uh, back in the days. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, I can imagine it must be so rough, like, very hard, no? (laughs) Especially, like, yeah, when they make it denim. But, um, yeah, so, like, they did it now, like, last year, I think it was, and they made it half cotton, half hemp, and they said that they cottonize the hemp. Yeah, so so that is the whole process of making it more soft. So how do they do it make more? How do they make it more soft? What is the process? Honestly, I don't really don't really uh, remember that part. I have to think a second about that. But mostly it starts that the <laughs> now we are getting really deep into <laughs> like <laughs> the hemp fiber is uh, kind of long. Cotton is really short. And uh, that's something, for example, when you're, you can get it a bit more softer. And then, of course, when you mix it, when you mix cotton and, and hemp. And it's also some other mechanical things you're doing then with the fiber. And it's also some particular plant then or um, sort of um, seeds you use for, the, um, for that. So it's not the normal um, cannabis plant. Okay. 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 I was um, I was reading about that, and um, but for me it doesn't become so interesting than the cottonized hemp because of that. So um, I don't want to use something natural being so processed yeah and changed you like hemp the way it is yeah because it's so nice the structure and everything it looks it looks so beautiful and they're always different when i get the fabrics um because of how they grow if there was a lot of um rain or not and because i I just got another one um and the fabric it was the same but then I was writing to uh, to Kavas, it's where I get the hemp uh, from. Did you really send me the same uh, fabric? Because it looks so different. And then he goes, yeah, it's, it's a bit different this time because of the way they're growing. And I think that's something so beautiful. So interesting. That really adds to the value as well of, of the piece that you make yeah. out of that fabric. If you were to speculate... What do you think uh, in China, like, how do you think they have come so far? Like, what do you think they're actually doing for it to become that much softer? Is it like more of a product that they're using or is it more 
some kind of machine and a process in that that is going through. Yeah, I think second one. Yeah, I think they are, um, they're having some nice machines there we don't have here in Europe. So what are the downsides then of working with uh, hemp fabric? I'm not using dyed fabric because the um, manufacturing where I get the fabric from, they're not certified. Like they don't have any sustainable certification or something. So that for me that they don't uh, have to. So um, I, I was talking a lot of them and uh, I knew that um, it's, it's all right there. But um, with color, I'm a bit, um, uh, yeah, like dyeing. Um, I wanted to be natural dyed, so um, they they are dyeing it also in, in Europe, but still that's a part for me. There's so many chemicals inside, and you never know what is in these colors. So um, from China, you can get um, got certified fabrics like hemp fabrics, and um, so uh, I, if I would use hemp fabric from China. I also would use uh, some dyed ones, but um, there I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. So uh, that's for me a downside maybe, but it's also something I think I, I would like to dye a bit on, uh, like by myself, I would like to try that out. So natural dyeing with um, skin of the um, onion or with uh, beetroot or something. Yeah. I haven't had the time yet, so but it's something I would like to try out. So yeah, maybe that's... Um, and yeah, one other thing is for me, I'm still... Um, yeah, researching on that. I would like that my... Uh, clothes are biodegradable. Biodegradable, yeah. Like compost that, but yeah, biodegradable, yeah, thanks. Um, but the hemp fabric is kind of rough, so it's difficult to use the sewing thread. Um, it's difficult to use, for example, cotton sewing thread. So, yeah, that's something. But for me, it's not really a downside. It's something uh, more like, okay, then I have to do research on that. And of course, but that's also something, it's a design thing. It's not like nicely falling down like silk or something. So maybe that's also a downside, but... Um, so basically like some models you wouldn't be able to make. Yeah. Let's say a dress with uh, that falls in a natural way, you can simply not do it because of the the fabric. Yeah, it's a little bit hard. So yeah, like linen, it's not, uh, yeah, you can, can't also do every design out of linen. So, but for me, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I love the smell about the fabric. That's really also something, uh, it smells so nice. It smells like my childhood, like um, from the farmer. Yeah, I don't know. It smells like when the farmer 
are cutting the grass. Really? Nice. I don't know why, but uh, when always when I'm, of course, when you wash them a few times, it's not smelling anymore like this. But uh, always when I when when the fabric arrives, it really smells so nice. <laughs> yeah. Does it have any kind of like hemp smell, like cannabis smell? No, not at all. And a lot of people are asking me, can I smoke then my dress? <laughs> no. <laughs> of no. course not. <laughs> also, that's going to be very expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, people are like, at least I asked. <laughs> yeah, know? but it's sometimes, yeah. It's interesting that people are, um, that it's so way out of our minds that in the past um, it was normal. It was just a normal part of our industry, uh, and also about the men- uh, and, and the medical um, side. It was normal. It's it's an amazing plant. It can grow everywhere, and uh, yeah. So that's really crazy. Grows fast. Doesn't need a lot, a lot of water at all compared to cotton, for example. Yeah, it's good for the ground. It's really, it's really sad that we. Uh, you know, lost all these years of uh, of hemp in our in our life. Yeah, I think so too. Do you have an other relationship to cannabis as well? No, not at all. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, in Germany, it's quite it's quite. Um, I wouldn't say normalized, but but uh, it's not as stigmatized, I think, as it is in let's say Sweden. When it comes to cannabis in general, but of course it's still illegal and uh, and prohibited. Yeah, there are really a lot of CBD shops now, especially in Berlin. They they came like mushrooms the past um, two or three years, like everywhere, and they they really stylish and um, look really nice and not with that stupid stigmata. <laughs> and um, I think. Yeah, maybe you're right, but maybe it's also more something in Berlin, I think. Yeah, in Bavaria, not at all. <laughs> they're, they're really more strict there, but... Um, okay, okay. So the more conservative parts are like, are not as open to it. But how is it in Sweden? I don't really know. It's very stigmatized, for sure. Uh, also, I don't know how it is in Germany, but in Sweden... I mean, personal use is heavily uh, punishable. So if you are caught not even with weed on you, but in your urine, for example, you can you can get in trouble. For example, which is which is uh, ridiculous. Um, and also, it's it's very hard because when they when they punish you for personal use, it's very hard for the people that needs help to you know get out of an addiction or something like that to get help because they don't want to tell anyone until it's really gone so far until there is they don't even care if they get into like trouble with the law or anything they just need help like while so many people maybe need help like years before it gets that bad you know but uh, as it's so stigmatized as uh, and also in Sweden like you need to stop, this is whether it's cannabis or heroin, like you need to stop your drug before you can get into treatment 
I mean, that is the whole point, right? Like, you want the treatment because you cannot stop. But here you have to stop. Yeah, you have to stop it before... That's strange. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. It's it's crazy. It's like, it's like, imagine if you had diabetes, you know, and you need to get insulin from your doctor. They're like, all right, you got to stop eating candy before. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible I didn't know that that's really crazy yeah it's bad it's bad but it's it's also one of the like worst countries in Europe uh, when it comes to like the drug laws and the way we treat addicts uh, in general but I don't know how it is in, in Germany do you know? you are allowed to have like a little 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 bit I'm not I'm not into that so that's why I don't really know but I think you are allowed yeah like personal use maybe yeah for personal use that's all I know and how about like if uh, amongst your friends for example like are people openly like does people feel that they can openly say if they use cannabis or do people feel that like they have to keep it a secret or Did, are you scared of getting stigmatized? Well, I can I can always just talk about Berlin. You always have like a weed smell in your nose, kind of. <laughs> um, especially in somewhere in the park, uh, there's always uh, at least one next to you uh, smoking. So it's kind of normal, I think, here to smoke weed um but not at all in bavaria for example i think no okay it's there definitely more stricter there or i think it's not possible to smoke when you're sitting in the park yeah okay yeah because you're gonna be really some you're gonna you're gonna be so alone maybe doing it that people will directly see who it is that is smoking for example And that's what you don't want to risk. Yeah, and I think the police is more stricter there. The Bavarian police is always a bit more stricter. <laughs> But what kind of place is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Bavaria. It's, um, they need to be special. Okay, what yeah. for? It's also nice there. I don't, I don't want to make it bad. It's really nice there. No, of course not. No, of course no, not. I yeah. don't want to make it back. Not at all. But it is a little bit more. But but Berlin is so special. It's um. That's I think why so many people are living here all from all over the world because it's such a special city and open city, and you can be just who you are. That um. It's some kind of island, <laughs> probably also here. Oh, I can imagine. It's like most most uh, capitals, right? Same in Paris. Yeah, that's true. Same mm. in Paris. London as well. Copenhagen as well. Stockholm? No, I wouldn't say. Um, in Sweden. If you get caught with smoking weed, I mean, I don't even want to like, know what happens. Well, in France, like in, in Paris, and I can imagine it's a bit the same in Berlin, is that The police would just, like, take your joint and, like, put it on the ground and, you know, destroy it. Yeah, I don't really know how it is in, in, in Berlin. It's just, yeah. I guess that is the uh, the difference. But otherwise, yeah, most uh, bigger cities under, like, south of Copenhagen, I would say, are are more open-minded. And even, even Copenhagen itself is much more open-minded than... Because they have... I don't know if you heard about Christiania. It's like this... 
It's like this tiny little area inside Copenhagen uh-huh. where they basically have like their own laws. Okay. I don't, I don't really know how it works, okay. <laughs> uh, but, but you can go there and buy weed, you know, like without the police getting involved, you know. Actually, I would love to talk to someone that is either from there, that, that just hangs out there all the time, you know, just to get more info because it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, sounds interesting. <laughs> Dear listeners, if you like what you hear, please check out my Patreon. The link is in the description here below. Only if you're able to, of course. Now, let's get back to our guest. If you could just explain for the listeners, like, why is hemp fabric more sustainable than other fabrics? In which ways, if you compare to, let's say, cotton and, I don't know, another fabric that you are... That we usually use in clothes. Well, if we compare it to cotton, it's as you said, also it doesn't hemp doesn't need so much water to grow, and also it's possible to grow hemp in Europe where normally it's raining. <laughs> I, I know it's it's not always raining right now, but normally it's raining. So um, yeah, this is something. To water all the cotton fields is really, really bad for for the countries where cotton is growing because um, they don't have so much water there. So this is one point. The other point is that um, hemp doesn't need all the um, pesticides. Pesticides, yeah. Pesticides. Um, because I think, yeah, you also know that... Um, it has some kind of natural way that animals or some other things are not getting into to the plant. It's the smell or the little hairs on it or something. And so that's also something like cotton or not um, cotton. Uh, they use pesticide. It's really bad for the ground. It's bad for the people there because they, it's um, where normal hemp is growing, not organic hemp. When when you use organic hemp, um, they're also not allowed to use um, the really bad pesticides. So, um, but I saw some kind of videos how they are um, putting these uh, chemicals on the on the plants they they're not wearing any protection and uh it's like getting on their skin and everything and uh yeah it's it's just really really bad and also it's still then on your skin it's not getting out um so yeah that's also something for me really important i don't want to have that on my skin yeah that's something what else yeah it's good for the ground like um when you grow cotton um you can just grow it for for one season or something and then the ground is kind of dead and when you grow hemp with the roots they have so many small roots so it's uh, very good for the ground it's uh, like uh, making it more smooth and soft and um yeah and it's growing fast you can grow it i think like twice a year or something and um it's really good for the for the air i think you you also know that that the um hemp 
plant can take all the um, CO2 out of the out of the air. So if we would plant more hemp, also for the paper industry, for example, it's uh, so much uh, better than, um, for example, trees. Like, of course, trees are also um, like cleaning our air, but um, because hemp is growing so fast and you can grow it uh, more often in the year, it's uh, yeah, really good to clean our air. And cotton is not doing that at all, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And yeah, when we compare it to like, uh, take some chemical like polyester, for example, like polyester, you're getting out of um, oil. So um, it's not something we have like uh, forever our earth so it's something yeah you need to get out of uh, our yeah mother earth and um, also you can't really do anything after it like you can just throw it away or maybe you can um, make some something for cleaning or something because uh, often they they are the fast fashion industry they are really um, of course not into high quality and um, so most of the most clothes are such bad quality that you can't do anything after it and that's also what I said what I wanted to do that um, I can or you can hemp fabric you can just bring it back to to Mother Earth. You can basically put a, a hemp dress in the middle of the forest and I don't know how long it takes though. Yeah I would like to try that out after I uh, finish my research for the sewing thread but on the other side then there's just a little thread back exactly, so, yeah. but I would like to try that out um, uh, this summer when I'm at my parents house because they have a huge garden and I can just uh, try it so um, you should take like photo every day so yeah, of course it will take some time yeah for sure yeah it doesn't matter for me because it's um, it's okay you can do something it's not waste then it's just something you can give back and that's also something for me what I think it's really interesting and really good to have something else in my mind why I love <laughs> hemp fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> when you wear it, it's um, some kind of antibacterial. Like it, it feels it's good. It's hard to explain that in English for me now. But the energy on your, you always have like on your skin it's kind of the same from from the hemp. The feeling when you wear hemp fabrics is really some kind of it's part of you. Okay. Okay, I see. Everyone is saying that also. It's something I, I found out. Like I have a really nice book here um, about the history and everything about hemp and it was written in there and it was a little bit okay, that sounds like really strange <laughs> but then I, I found it on uh, a lot of other sites that um, yeah it is like this and I also have the feeling when I'm here it's like I have right now also my the hem dress and especially when it's hot outside I really like it because I don't feel so sweaty yeah I heard a lot of that yeah so the hem fabric yeah can can take a lot of uh, 
aware of your sweat. <laughs> it's really nice in the summer. And also like that it it will both keep you uh, like cool, so not too hot. Yeah. But then it can also keep you warm. a bit warm, no? Yeah, when it's uh, cold outside. So it's really regulating yeah. towards your body in a way. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really comfortable. And it's not... Um, yeah, that's something I also... Uh, it, it was also written everywhere that you don't have to wash it so often because it doesn't take the smell. And, I was like, and then I, I tried it out, but I was not um, washing the first uh, like shirt I did um after i was like cycling and everything because i, 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 I let it dry and then the next uh, day it was really not that uh bad okay. it was not really smelling uh like uh, you have with uh other fabrics it was really interesting oh nice that is really good yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean that is all those things we have to to keep in our mind when we when we choose our clothes, you know? Yes. So where do you see so like my last question, like where do you see hemp and hemp textile then like uh, specifically where like what would you want to see as a change? Like what kind of let's say something that we use every day that you see that we throw a lot, for example. Like what would you exchange to hemp fabric instead um, are there some specific products that you would uh, like to see change to that in order for us to become more uh, sustainable and mm, I think um, you're asking now for like a like a daily uh, like what we use daily some something either daily or something that we all buy Something that will, let's say, even a handbag, uh, or you know, instead of plastic bags, instead of then the cotton bags that are now very popular, you know, the tote bags. Maybe that, for example, in hemp, um, something like that. This is something I was also thinking about, um, like um, showing that, like a simple bag for. Um, when you go and buy your your food, it's an interesting question. <laughs> I'm I'm still also yeah I'm thinking about that a lot. What uh, what do we use every day and would be better out of hemp? Um, I'm not really there yet. Which which product it would be for for me also from this like um, craftsmanship side, it's um, yeah, that your favorite clothes should be out of hemp. The clothes you feel yourself in, uh, you feel comfortable in, you feel like, yeah, this is me. And you know, it's a good fabric and it's fairly uh, produced. It's good for the earth. Um, I think, that's something for for me that people getting more respect for clothes just think more about where yeah and that maybe because it's uh so special still the hemp fabric and there are not a, a lot of brands using it i don't know the thinking is more I buy one hemp dress and not 10 normal dresses or something. This is something for me um, because also when it's getting more in common, 
the opportunities are getting bigger to search for new techniques, new machines, and all this. And also, hopefully, it's getting easier to grow it in Europe because um, it's still not so easy to grow industrial hemp. Get back to the beginning of your question. No, I don't really have this one product in my mind. Not yet. But thank you so much for guesting my podcast, babe. Thank you. And I really look forward to see more of uh, what's coming up with your brand. It's going to be very interesting to follow. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. It's always interesting to listen to your podcast and all these wonderful women talking about uh, what they're doing. And it's really, really interesting. And now you're part of the women. Oh, so nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be part of. Yes, <laughs> here. Thank you. Well, have an awesome day, babe, and see you. Bye-bye. See you. Have a nice time. Bye. Thanks, you too. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to my social channels and rate this podcast. And if you would like to support me a little bit extra, it would really mean the world to me. So check out my Patreon profile that I linked in the episode description. It's all thanks to your support that I can continue talking, writing, recording and making more cannabis content for you and our amazing community. Have an awesome day and lots of love.